Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't know. Matt, what I, no, I don't about? know. I've no, I have no idea. This is a podcast without portfolio, isn't it? I'm trying to just like trying to get my microphone apart from all the cable. I got cables everywhere right now. It's so brilliant. You're wearing your son's yeah. like 19 euros uh, uh, Fortnite gaming headphones. Like, yep. <laughs> I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at a Zoom picture in you. You've got like a luminous kind of mouthpiece situation going on where you can talk to your fellow gamers. In in, in this know. case, your fellow gamer is simply me. Sat at the <laughs> sat at the same desk. You've been staring at me, you know, sitting at for the last two years. You know, you know what's bonkers about this? Because, I don't know. Uh, Tell me what's bonkers. Taking, take, taking through the journey of um, purchasing as well online, because some of his friends, for for those of you of the generation where you have children, uh, between I don't know nine and f- fourteen, they're kind of getting into gaming. Some earlier, some later. Uh, Archie has gone into Fortnite, and I, I, I totally advocate it. I don't mind it in the slightest. We control the hours that he does it on. But then, about three weeks ago, he was like, "I'd like to meet my friends and play with them," and they have headphones and earpieces. And I was like, "Oh, that's some or, or um, microphones." Oh, seriously, I had no idea. <laughs> and, <laughs> Come on, David. And Even so, I knew that. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. So, the, so then we went through a whole. This is only two weeks. ago, we went through the whole Amazon experience of purchasing them, choosing them, finding the price point. These are the cheapest ones available. Yeah. The, the what I'm wearing right now. Hey, they don't look it. <laughs> no, they're like ninety. <laughs> this is nineteen euros. And oh. to be perfectly frank, the quality I am hearing. Yeah right now is better than all the other stuff i have yeah that's true and it's just like oh my god we've been ripped off yeah uh, so mm. yeah so i'm on my son's Fortnite headset right now i heard there was a brilliant post on twitter today about jeff bezos and amazon yeah because he's just mm. taken william shatner up into space in his frankly penis shaped um spaceship mm. hasn't he his phallic his <laughs> his phallic vessel we don't even need to use a, a greek word we can just say penis i think his big purple-headed penis. Yeah. This is unusual, actually. We're not normally rude on, on Never Strays Far, but mm, that's mm. my fault. I apologise for that. Again, probably we're going to have to tick the old explicit content <laughs> box on this again. But someone, I don't know who it was, someone posted brilliantly on Twitter today, um, you know, because Jeff Bezos took William Shatner up. If billionaires want to truly go um, where they have never gone beyond the bounds of before or whatever if they want to go beyond where they've never gone before they should maybe go to the tax office (laughs) (laughs) oh Uh, i've got no time for that anyway um where were we you were i'll Um, tell you where you were we you were in lithuania I was in Lithuania. There's, there's a few points here, so we'll get back to all of them. Christ, I don't uh, know if we will, David. Don't make promises the, we can't fulfil. Since the world, because <laughs> I messaged you because I, I watched Paru Bay and I watched the whole thing. And I was like, Ned, we need to 
we should pod about this, it's amazing. And it's like, you had family time. And it's like, no, we can't do that. Let's do another thing. We kept skipping. Huh, no, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you've just, exactly. You've just airbrushed out of existence yeah, yeah, the four yeah. days in Sicily. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, they happened. They were massive. They were seismic. Yeah, but also largely forgotten now. So carry on, yeah. So yeah. Then, then, then there was the, then what happened? Then there were other races that happened. <laughs> Well, so, so there, well, there was Lombardia, and there was Rube- and before, no, what's the order? So, which happened first, Roubaix or Lombardia? Roubaix, Roubaix then Lombardia. Roubaix, Roubaix. 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 You that got was kind super of, excited. We, uh, yeah. I love Roubaix. I mean, um, it's the first time I've watched a bike race um, as a fan, and with Archie, and whose headset I'm, I'm using right now, yep. and... It was just, uh, this is bike racing. And I got, and I was with my sister, and this is kind of reminds me just how my sister and I are. We just ended up WhatsApping the whole time mm. because we were both just fans mm. and we get in quite conflict. She wanted Moscon to win. I wanted Mathieu van der Poel to mm. win. Mm. And she was you like, did. David, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Mm. What's going to happen? And right. ultimately, Sonny Cobrelli won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you knew who you knew he was going to win. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. tipped him for the. I tipped him annoyingly. I actually had a bet and tipped him for the worlds. Mm. I got the wrong race, but he's been. Yeah, he's been absent. a week too early. A week too, a two week, weeks uh, too early. A week too early. Before yeah. we get on to that, David, what is Fortnite? It's um, uh, it's a interactive. Um, what do they do in game? Fortnite? So what do they do? What you, do you, you kind of you come in you you you. Go into it. You create an avatar, and you can run in, run around this virtual world. Right. And I don't know what the ultimate goal is. Okay. But you can team up with other people and kill other people and find treasures and prizes and do things and problem solve. It's um, I'm kind of learning more about it because I'm I'm getting Archie to tell me more about it. I think it's pretty high level. I mean, it's all quite brutal, but at the same time, it's nothing like when I was a kid. When I was a teenager mm. um, in Hong Kong, I was playing Doom, where we just had big guns and just killed everybody. Mm. Now they have to go in and bond. And so this is the reason that Archie's got his headset. He can uh, link up with his school friend. They liaise a time yeah. and they, they jump in their avatars into this virtual world. Mm. And then they have to go and achieve and conquer these objectives that... I don't really know all the, what they have to do. I'm just still quite fascinated. I'm, I'm so off the back of, of it. Mm. I, I don't. I have. I, I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, it's yeah. So cool. I'm kind of jealous. I yeah. wish I had that. I was playing Chucky Egg. What's Chucky? Or Sonic What's the Chucky? Hedgehog? That was early Spectrum. Chucky Egg. Things in Chucky what? Egg, and then is that um, like wall, Is that sounds like a bit like Wall Ball? Is it's it like a, a like digital that. version that's, of that's basically <laughs> what we were playing in my generation, Generation X? Yeah. That kind of computer games were just linear, Chucky kind egg. of back and forth. So yeah, okay. you know. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I kind of, it's, I kind, uh, I, I like. I mean, I've heard. Obviously, I've heard. You know, kind of like feigning naivety. I, I obviously mm. I know that Fortnite absolutely took the world by mm. storm a couple of mm. years ago, didn't it? And I, it's interesting yeah. to know it's, it's it's still a big thing. Um, but it sounds like um, uh, it sounds you know like li- it sounds like life, David. So you go yeah. around kicking people who you don't like, who you see as a threat, mm. 
and um, ganging up and, and bonding with people who you, you perceive as allies. Yeah. But as you said, I don't know what the end goal is. <laughs> no, I don't know what the end goal is. That's pretty, I don't think that, it's pretty meta, that, isn't it? It's pretty meta. It's And also there's there are ideas. And what's really clever with it is they bring in characters from other gaming universes into it, like the Mandalorian, like different things. Oh. And, and the design of it is beautiful. Yeah. And you just think, oh, this is this is really clever. Yeah, this is really really clever. And in the cycling world, we're still trying to get cameras to work on bikes. Or <laughs> 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 we're trying to broadcast races in four G. <laughs> and it just yeah. puts it in perspective. I know that. And this is also <laughs> the thing which uh, <laughs> is this this gaming universe. Oh, it's so much bigger than movies oh, don't, than sports. No. So now you're scaring it's, me. It's, it's now you're terrifying. scaring me because I know you're yeah. right, but I'm kind of yeah. like sticking my fingers in my ears and yeah. putting my because I know you're right. Mm. And everything that I've ever read, you know, gaming outstrips Hollywood, you know, ten times oh, over, and kind of like tenfold. it is, you know. And they're yeah. pa- and they're also they're packing stadiums, aren't they? You know, sort of yeah, 50,000 50, people yeah. in Seoul are kind of like watching yeah. people game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all, you know, it's all kind of amazing, and I, I get that. But it, it it scares me in the same way that I I know, and this is like this is just me getting old, David. I know for a fact that cryptocurrency is Substacks, huge. It, all that stuff. It's absolutely so, huge. Someone told me, I've got a bog standard pension with Scottish widows, right? Nothing exceptional in that. It's the kind of, you know, big consumer mm. pension product. And I've been paying into it diligently and kind of like not understanding any of it for decades. Mm. Um, someone told me that chances are a lot of that now is invested in cryptocurrency. Yeah. And I'm going, what? And like, what? And, and so that's the whole thing that, Everyone who's clued up in the way the world is operating knows about, and I'm now, I'm now consigning myself to that kind of section of the population that's disenfranchised and simply will never be able to get with it, and that's quite a scary realization, actually. So you're like this because you're quite. Um, well, I know you are. Uh, how would I put this? You are. You're Qu- quite a nice respectful, guy. Respectful, yeah. Okay. Respectful, yeah. Anti-authoritarian. Okay. Quite leftist, socialist. Whoa, you're whoa, for great, whoa! You're, you're for, whoa! You're quite for the. You're for the greater good. Yeah, you're probably right about all this. You're for the greater good, yeah. and um, so there's this thing going on with crypto. The whole kind of um, concept and the push for it is that it decentralizes um, money, decentralizes authority. Yeah. It, it, it removes politics it removes the nation state as well doesn't it which is a terrible construction you know when you think about it by and large Mm. nation Mm. states have been the 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 nation states have destroyed populations (laughs) do you want to know what the rub is here's the rub so globalization doesn't work in the sense that we need to be localized uh in order to look after our biosphere to our functionality as uh, an organism we need to keep everything quite close so the concept of globalization is wonderful Mm. but it doesn't work so how Mm. do you tread that fine line between us all thinking at the greater good of humanity yet we're going to have to stay local so from so we're actually going to have to go back to that idea where 
nation states and feudal behavior for creating what we need locally yet with a bigger idea and i guess that's where the crypto idea comes in is how do we then mm. everyone can be local mm. yet the idea is is there is no uh i don't get it i get it <laughs> I don't get it. But it's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't get it. It's happening. I just don't get it. It's I happening. just think it's it's not going to work. Okay. Nothing's going to work. Nothing. Oh, but nothing's anyway. going to work. Right. Nothing's going to work. Yeah. There's but, too many of us. We're screwed. Oh, no. Well, steady on. No. Yeah. Um I don't know. I've been I've been reading a lot about, you know, what was going on 100 years ago and 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 uh there were similar times in a lot of ways, you know. A, a pandemic had just come to an end in Europe across the world really but you know focusing in Europe and and um politics and thinking and philosophy and you know was very very had had um uh what's the word stratified very quickly so that the center had been eliminated you were either one thing or the other or you were kind of like yeah. shooting off on some yeah. random direction so we've been at this point in history before but we didn't have the internet <laughs> we literally didn't have the internet and and the cryptocurrency thing is kind of yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty spooky. If you feel like, I guess, so to go back to my first point, I guess for the first time in my life, I'd feel I'm 52, David. You know, you're you're a lot younger than me still. A high, you know, good, a good few years, and this may change with you, but um, I for the first time in my life, I'm beginning to feel left out, you know, because I can't, yeah. like... I, even if I did understand the concepts, I feel like it's too late for me to kind of fully embrace them and kind of, you know, get 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 involved. I'm with so, you. So. I, I'm 100 with you. I, I, in the sense that I come in here and actually, in the last two or three days since I actually bought his headset and then didn't work, so he read the instructions and figured out how to make it work on his own. And I was like, "That's a big breakthrough." You read the instructions and figured it out. Brilliant. And to yeah. and you game with your friend. Yeah. And to three family members over the last five days. I sent little sneaky videos of him here speaking Catalan and he's very quiet and they're strategizing in this virtual world, kind of doing their things. And he only gets one hour a day at the weekends to do this. Yeah. You know, a Friday he gets, no, no, he doesn't even get Friday. It's only weekends. So it's one hour uh, on Saturday, one hour Sunday. And he uses it very effectively. And I was like, holy crap, look at you. And I would just glance over his shoulder and watch the way he's doing it. And I was like, this is so next level. Yeah. How you're operating. Yeah. And then you step out of that. That's your virtual world is not like our 2D world. Yeah. We would play games. We treated the internet. We treated gaming as this very flat. We'd, it's almost, we would transpose kind of a board game onto a screen. Yeah. They're, they're, what they're doing with gaming is it's a 3D world. And yep. it's kind of becoming so very, I, I got a lot of time for it. I think it's very fascinating, but I'm with you. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm not interested in it. And mm. I don't know what the hell they're doing, mm. but it's like, whoa, that's cool. Mm. And mm. I feel very old. <laughs> I remember our, our neighbors just next door here from the room. You're seeing me, you know, just, just yeah, the other side yeah. in uh, number, uh, number 98. Uh, when we first moved into this house 13 mm. years ago, uh, Sally and Graham, we've sadly moved away. Um, they had a couple of kids who were kind of 19 and 20 when we moved in, when our kids were a lot younger. And I remember going around and um, Remy, 
their their oldest kid was playing or the, sorry the younger kid was playing call of duty <clears throat> and this is like 11 12 years ago and i and i kind of i've never seen anything so amazing in all my life and i sat down there and i went god don't change what you did just show me what you're doing like that and he was cruising around killing people and all that and he was trying to he was trying to shoot terrorists who were assailing some sort of airport terminal in in one of the kazakhstan sort of regions of sent the former soviet union and he was wandering through this this deserted airport terminal kind of and he was passing deserted cafes and things like that and he passed a bookshop and i said to him can we just go in the bookshop <laughs> and then so i made his avatar i you know on instruction walk into the bookshop and browse and i said can you just hang around here for a bit and he goes well i'll get shot and i said can you just hang around here for a bit i just want to see what books i've got on the shelves like that and he said well i'll get shot so he just got shot boom and then he started again and every single time i made him walk back into the bookshop but i i honestly on one level i really i really get it and a bit of me is frightened actually by how extremely attractive vis-a-vis you know, the actual lived world and lived experience, these things can be, you know, to lose yourself in this stuff is, is easy and could be pretty compulsive quite quickly, I think. I think it's amazing. And just reminding me, because I've always kept my science fiction books in my lower bookshelf where no one sees them. And it's a book, um, Orson Scott Card, Ender's Game. Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. You're showing me now, yeah. Yeah, which is... Uh, from what I now know, is is used in military schools, uh, and it's thirty years old now. And it's about this kid, um, Ender is his name, um, and which sounds quite obvious. Ender Wigan, by chance, Ender Wigan, <laughs> and uh, and basically <laughs> him and this bunch of children, <laughs> or by this point in our society they learn to do like archie's doing play games Mm. what they don't realize is they get to a point where they're gaming they're gaming they're gaming Mm. then they don't realize their game switches to real reality yeah if they're that good then they start to what they're doing is actually happening in the real world yeah yeah so it it becomes very meta yeah and it's the most it's the most so that was written 30 years ago yeah yeah and so, Orson Scott Card, Ender's Game. Uh, but then there's a series of them because then he's 12, 13 and he ends up being the best kind of gamer and and doing these different things. But he ends up just destroying everything in the game that he's playing. Uh, and uh, and he, he then is told, you just destroyed everything. Uh, uh, and he's like, what? And though, then he spends the rest of his life, which goes on for a thousand years, because then he just goes on traveling around on his own, on near light speed, trying to fix everything he destroyed. Near light speed. Near light speed. Not so at, never, not at light speed. No, because then that doesn't exist, because then nothing happens. So Exactly right. So I've been reading a book about yeah. Einstein and the theory of relativity yeah. that I bought at a second-hand yeah. bookshop yesterday, David. Yeah. And and he describes this, um, you're absolutely right, nothing happens. If you travel at the yeah. speed of light, nothing happens. Yeah. So yeah. the observer, so if you think of light, which is a wave, yeah? So when the wave passes you, you see the oscillations up and down, up and down, up and down. When it passes you, whether it's going, whether you're going faster than it or slower than it, or it passes you, you see the oscillation 
Yeah. If you're traveling yeah. at light speed, you'll only see one point in the in the perambular. Pr- is that the word? The the, the yeah. curve of the wave. So you're seeing the slow point. So it's like traveling alongside a train in which someone is in a compartment traveling at the same speed of you. They're not moving. Ah, oh, there are so few people I can talk to about the speed of light. What, why have we're we never there. spoken about we've, this before? We've made it, Ned. We're traveling we're at the speed just, of light. We're yeah. not. Nothing's happening. Like nothing happening in the podcast yeah it's kind of that idea i so i had this uh kind of because i was into planes when i was younger and the speed of sound and i loved this idea because i was into fast planes and different things and the, the big bang the big bang the, the bang oh the but the sonic boom the sonic boom yeah i've never quite understood that but because it's because it's amazing and this is i love the concept where you go and it's a thousand kilometers an hour. It's like something like that. 780, 800 floating facts. But <laughs> the moment you get to a point where if I, if I spoke and that wave's going, you mm-hmm. overtake it. And it's so amazing that a bang happens. <laughs> Why does the bang sudden, happen? I don't know. <laughs> Nor do I. I don't know. And also, I just, I just, not just that, David, but don't photographs exist of... Well, no, no, it's a whole wave. It's a whole beautiful like wave. Like, it actually oh. physically exists, right? You, you see and planes it, doing a sonic here. boom, and it's kind of... When what? Chuck Yeager did it... Chuck over Yeager. The, ...over the desert, and it was like, you'd hear this bang, and it was all of a sudden... So this is what I always romanticize. The moment you went through that bang and all the dials were going crazy and everything, and it's like the plane was shaking, dunk, then everything went quiet. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, everything was behind you. What do you mean everything? Well, just, oh, all okay. Sound, all, sound, yeah, yeah. all sound was behind you. Nothing yeah. could keep up. You were outstripping sound. So you were... You just, you went silent. Yeah. And it's, uh, this would yeah. be a great even, kind of... Like, I've just gone... To indicate that, but you wouldn't even know. You just have bing. No, not even bing. So, what am I doing? It's just nothing. Yeah. So, so Ned, I know amongst our listeners, yeah. there'll be somebody who can send in oh, of course a, a wonderful sound bite of uh, nothing a, happening. Another explanation of no sound. Exp- yeah. Explain yeah, the, to us. Of course, they will. Explain to us the the experience of passing through the sound barrier. And David, where and should they where should they email that to? Um. Uh, your book's not here because it's in my studio. Yeah, but li- how? H H I W W T T J. No, Y J Y J H I W I T H. No H H I W T Y J at gmail dot com for your audio and contributions l- explaining um the explain, speed of. Exp- Explain this first of all, because let's not go to the light because that's getting quite um, difficult. Uh, but the sound's a nice one. We'll it's just start with sound and we'll move on to light a bit later. Yeah. In the- yeah. This is kind of because we're moving from dams and reservoirs yeah, yeah. To, to now sound. F- physics. Yeah. Physics. Sound we so, can still get, gather. You know, for a long time, um, physicists thought that. Um, it was an impossibility that light could travel through nothing, through a vacuum, right? Yeah. It had to pass, like every other wave, through matter. Mm. So how does light... not matter. So, so yeah. for, for hundreds of years, people believed that there was a thing called the ether. 
Mm-hmm. And it was only Einstein who tentatively started to say, I don't think, guys, guys, I don't think there's an ether. And he did it by dint of being intuitive, which is really quite interesting about um, Einstein, actually, because he didn't necessarily draw on too much. Obviously, he drew to a certain extent, but he didn't draw massively heavily on the work of his contemporaries. Mm. Yeah. And, and the people who'd just gone before him, he knew about their work. Some of the work that he didn't, he didn't really know about. He just mm. sat at his desk in Bern and he, where he was living at the time where he, it, it, you know, came up with the first theory of relativity in 1905. And he just had these kind of instincts about the way the universe worked and then mm. retrofitted the maths. And <laughs> here's my first idea being, how com- this works. being complete, <laughs> completely right about this, but he, you know, it's amazing to think, you know, we, we now understand that the space is by and large a vacuum, yeah, yeah. And, and that everyone thought it was filled with an an, an ether, just that, stuff. This, yeah, just something just, that we don't understand. You know, I was I was actually with um, it was actually all three of them today, and I was saying you you do know that every, all the grains of sand when we go to the beach, there are grains of sand, yeah, and there's lots of them in one hand. Oh, you were like being just, like Brian Cox to your family. Yeah, and I yeah. was saying yeah. there are more stars in the universe yeah. than there are grains of sand on our planet. Oh, and it's and you think and it's just like there's no need for a multiverse. <laughs> this one's pretty big. This one's all right. Infi- yeah. Infinity's pretty big. <laughs> Pete Kenya, because right then I'm not having the multiverse. Yeah. There's no point in it. No. Yeah, yeah. He was totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Well, he is. He is a genius. Um, anyway, so genius. Sonny Colbrelli. <laughs> he was. You know what? With Sonny Colbrelli, I didn't see it coming. Oh, well, I, you, was, I did. I didn't because I was so. Because I'm such a fanboy of and, the Vans. Of the Vans. But you know what? I, I was thinking about this today, and this is just totally randomly. Yeah. yeah, is that he'd have been okay? He hadn't thought about. The big young Belge guy, what was his name? Francois something, who finished second. Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, uh Vermeersch, Florian Vermeersch. Vermeersch, yeah. Vermeersch weapon. He hit out yeah. with 200 meters to go, which, which kind of scuppered his hold them back, hold them back, then match each other, kick out. So he came over the top and then Moscon was on the track. So, because this is me defending Mathieu van der Poel. Mathieu van der Poel, his tactic would have worked perfectly if it had been a flat. Wait, 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 road. wait, wait! You've got your vans wrong. You're not. Van, it wasn't Roubaix. van der Poel. It was. It was. It was Van Aert. I'm talking about Roubaix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Mathieu van der Poel, and Mathieu van der Poel was there. Van Aert was off the back. He'd been dropped. Okay. He was super disappointed. It's becoming fairly obvious that I didn't see the race, isn't it now? <laughs> but Mathieu van der Poel yeah. was there and he had it. And if he if he knew what the velodrome would be. Oh, you're absolutely right. So, of course it was van der Poel. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. right. So, yeah. yeah. God, I'm so pleased I actually got oh, facts. Yeah, but right. I, no, it's, yeah, go on. <laughs> I got, I had oh, sorry, I got, I got Florian Vermeersch right, but I didn't get Florian Vermeersch. Yeah. Hey, so he's good. Apparently. It's really we, good. I mean, we saw him at, at quite a bit at Paris Nice and stuff earlier in the year, and yeah. kind of like noted him. But yeah, yeah where yeah. did that come from? Yeah. So, anyway, so anyway, sorry, go back. So, so, Col- so I rudely go, Col- interrupted so, you. Yeah. So, Colbrelli, he had it wrapped. 
Yeah, he did. What was amazing was it was his first ever Roubaix. He's got no track record in conditions like that. He's they were, not, they were not, all debutants, weren't they? All, that trio? I think yeah, they were all but, debutants. Yeah, but Mathieu van der Poel, he's... Um, one of the best mountain bikers, one of the best cyclocrossers in the world, multiple yeah. world champion, different disciplines. Cole Brelli, he's just coming to light now as being a brilliant bike rider. And all all he did was he hang on mm. and he got through mm. all of it. Oh, brilliant. And it's just, a, and it's just brilliant. It was geez. But what I loved about it was how he celebrated. Oh, I was hoping you'd say that because I've, I can't yeah. remember the aftermath of a Roubaix quite yeah. like that and yeah. it wasn't just that like him lying him lying on his back screaming at the heavens yeah utterly unaware of the you know anything around him because he was absorbed in the moment and he was his his everything had released physiologically yeah. psychologically it was just a huge yes. cry this ooh, there's a wonderful word in german a prefix in the german language that is you are ooh. And uh, you can pick, fix it to anything, right? And um, mm. it means from the very beginning, from the origin, the original. And yeah, there's, so, so um, yeah. it, th- how you describe his cry, his schrei in German was an urschrei. It was like, so primal. It was like it, primal. That's exactly what it means. Primal. Yeah. It was a primal scream. Yeah. It was literally a primal scream. And it yeah. was juxtaposed, wasn't it, with, and how did I ever think it wasn't uh, Mathieu van der Poel? Of course it was with Vanderpool, that shot of Vanderpool collapsed against the fence. Did you see that? Like mm, his head yeah. in the grass, his face in the grass yeah. Yeah. in the middle of the, um, up against a fence. And a, un, he was, you couldn't touch him. His despair yeah. and his exhaustion was so great. And did you remember seeing that shot of that soigneur just gently putting a Alpha Fenix gilet mm. over the top of him just to yeah, keep just him. Cloak him. Just cloak him a bit, but leave yeah. him where he is because, yeah. oh, I was, it was a, you know. So, so here, and this is because the day before they had the, the inaugural women's Paris-Roubaix. Which was amazing. Was if, amazing. A, if a woman, if a woman had come across and collapsed and done those histrionics, uh, it would have been a whole narrative. Lizzie came across and was just a boss. Yeah. And it's just trying to explain to people the different kind of types of racing. And because what Lizzie did was amazing. And and she did no gloves as well. She was obviously made a decision. No gloves, which is super she, cool. She never races with gloves. Um, yeah. And it was even then. No tape, nothing. Yeah. All the guys get taped up, do everything. She was like, nah, no gloves. No tape, nothing. So, 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 so David, before you come to that, so Lizzie... Lizzie has written for the roadbook, which is just about to come out. So it's going, I'll give you very soon. I'll give you the kind of like you can. Uh, Lizzie has written an amazing, amazing piece for the roadbook about her Roubaix win. Um, and I, uh, one of the things she talks about is is the gloves and and the damage that she did to her hands. She has never, when she was racing on the track, which is where she started, she never wore gloves, even on the track. She's never worn them on the road. She toyed with the idea of wearing them from Roubaix because she was aware of the damage that you could do to your hands. Um, and in, in reconnaissance, she did no damage to her hands. So she said, well, why am I going to... In the race, she shredded her hands to pieces and was unaware of the, the amount of bleeding yeah. and the amount of skin she'd taken off. And then she went straight from Roubaix, from that victory, to race the women's tour in the UK. Her and Elisa Longo-Borghini, her teammate... Um, 
were both in agony throughout the race because they could not hold their handlebars. Elisa Longobergini, I think, lasted two or three stages of the women's tour and had to just go home because mm. she couldn't, her hands had been that damaged. Um, and Lizzie somehow battled through it. Uh, honestly, it was, um, I think, Roubaix, both the men's and uh, particularly the women's race, because it was, it was clearly... I mean, I can't think of a more... In the time that I've been following cycling, I can't think of a bigger seismic moment for women's racing mm. than the women be, being allowed to race Roubaix. Mm. Uh, and yeah. I think that's the biggest step change. Yeah. It's so meaningful, isn't it? So I'm, I'm going to say I, I'm going to say something quite controversial here. Is that I hope that the photographers that were in there got pictures of Lizzie from the waist up. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. And so, yep. so there, so that she has them. Because yep. at the moment we can't. It's coy. Show it's, her breasts. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. can't show yeah. this, and you think. Well, the men we got the top up, and it's all these different things, and I understand all the, all the, the reasons, but I do hope that Lizzie has a picture of her, from the waist up, yeah, just in that shower, yeah, even if it's just for her, because it would be such a beautiful picture. And the reason you're, shower. and the, I think you're right, and the reason that we're even talking about the the the, the kind of imagery that you associate with the with with um Roubaix and the showers is because this is something we talk about when the men do it you know there's no there's no kind of there's no sort of false duality here this is kind of that's that's it that's the gig that's the race that's the you know there's something that I find it quite uncomfortable that kind of the the Jojo Harper took the picture of of Lizzie and even a woman wins Paris-Roubaix and all we see is their head cut off yeah no I I I and I think get I get it. I get no. Your point. Yeah, it's your athletes. Yeah, don't care. It's like Greek. Yeah. It's like an Olympian, and I don't like the Olympics. But it should be your. <laughs> like the Olympics. Your beautiful, your beautiful athletes. Yeah, just show show the athlete, and they exactly the same picture as the men. Yeah, and show their breasts and show their their beauty and it's um so that's but that's me and I'm probably might be wrong for a lot of people but i think it should be right david you're clearly in the avant-garde you're wearing your son's yeah. you know fortnight yeah headset so you are you know you're bang on it mate you are you're part of the 21st century yeah. um just, just 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 finally while we're talking about bike racing did you watch oh, Lombard- yeah, did, did you watch lombardia um no i didn't watch lombardia so you got a head start on me on that one no i haven't really I watched the last, I watched the last thirty k or something like that. Pog. Was just what pog. I did. So what I did um, after, and I've been regaling people with this since. Is there's only he's the fourth person to ever win Tour de France and Lombardia. And after 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 on Coty- copy, no copy uh, copy Merckx and Ina yeah, and Ina oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like, fuck. And he also won Liège again. Explicit content in our podcast, but Sorry. no, that's fine. Okay, yeah. he won yeah. Liège. It's yeah, like, I know, I know, I know. He's so good. Yeah, and yeah. I, I and for the f- I, maybe it's because Eddie Merckx is dying. Yeah, and he's going to die soon. Oh well, steady. He's, well, that's quite dark, David. That's well, true, isn't it? It's just age, isn't it? Well, it's true of all of us. I mean, defined soon. Like, let's go back to Einstein and the man in the carriage and the passage of time and the oscillation of time waves. You know, you know, 10, we're, we're all years. we're all riding along with Eddie at the moment. Okay. 
We're in a train along alongside Eddie. Eddie's on a different train. We're on the train 15, alongside. 15, 20 years. 15, 20 years. What, what don't put a t- anyway. Okay, crack on. So go on. But what, what, <laughs> but I think so. Uh, he yeah. He actually, for the first time ever, ever Eddie Merckx has thrown a bone to professional cyclists and, and gone and said, "Go on, then. You might be better than me. You literally might be better than me." Yeah. Never ever has he said that. Yeah. Well, and you're like, well, Oof. that's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. Do you want to know about a book I read uh, this week? Um, Briefly. Yeah. Yeah, Embers. I do. What? Embers. Embers. Uh, Tell me about Embers. So when I was leaving to go to Lithuania. Yeah. Um, oh, you haven't even told me about Lithuania. Lithuania. So I went to Lithuania. Well, tell me um, about, no, but t- before you tell me about Embers, tell me about Lithuania. Uh, so I was going to Lithuania because that's where Chapter Three we get our technical apparel made, a wonderful factory uh, in Kaunas, and uh, and the very the reason we chose them because they have amazing abilities for doing outdoor wear. They're very socially responsible and also uh, sustainable, etc. So, but because of COVID, we hadn't been there, so we visited there for the first time. I've never been to Lithuania. Nor have I. I had no expectations. I didn't know what to do. On the plane in, very flat, lots of woods, lots of trees. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and 2.7 million people live in the country. So it's very small. Very small. It's up. What's the uh, capital? Northeast. Riga. Yeah. The capital is Riga. No, that's, or is that no, a, isn't that Estonia? That, okay. Absolutely. Vilnius. Uh, Kaunas. Kaunas. Is that Kaunas. the capital? I think Kaunas is the capital. Okay. Of Lithuania. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you floated think, that one, David. I mean, you've Riga. literally just been there, but but anyway, oh, yeah. No, I've put you on the spot here. I feel bad. Whatever. Yeah, you should know more. Anyway, well, you, you have a bit of a history with Lithuania. <laughs> I briefly, I briefly dated. I briefly, when I was at university, I briefly dated a descendant of the royal family of Lithuania in exile. Because, as far as I know, in the 1950s, the royal fa- I, this is flo- I'm floating it a bit here. The royal family of Lithuania had to flee. Um... Uh, 50s, maybe even before the war. Actually, I don't know, but either way, this person in question grew up in 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 the UK, and she was a direct um, heir to the throne of Lithuania, and uh, ended up with me <laughs> playing darts in a pub um, briefly. It didn't last long, David, but yeah, I could have. It could have been me, mate. I could have been. I could, could have, been, have been there. I could have been on the seat of Val. Well, I tell you what. While you tell me about Lithuania, I'm going to look up what the capital yeah. city of Lithuania is. Yeah. So anyway, what was amazing was I was there, and our factories in the, just off the centre of town in Kaunas. The food was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Every single restaurant I went to, the first restaurant I went to, went to a Lithuanian a classic. Lots of potatoes. Classic. Potato pancakes. Did you have little um, pidoshkis, little sort of things in like little? Uh, uh, here, yeah? uh, oh, here is also another one. Yeah. It's it's coast as the Baltic Sea. Yeah, I don't like the Baltic. Why not? <laughs> Vilnius. Is that Vilnius what you just is said? The capital. Yeah, Vilnius. Okay, no. there. I thought you said Valnus, but Vilnius, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> where were we? But the, the point being. But, no, Piroskis, really the food. What were you going to say? You were going to say something about that? I was just, I, I, one of my big takeaways from Lithuania was it's very quiet. There's not many people there. Um, 
it's super civilized. Yeah. Um, the restaurants are amazing. And the Baltic. Oh, no, you were going to say something about the Baltic. Oh, I was going to say something. I'd like, like to say something about the Baltic. Go for it. Um, to, in my mind, it's not a sea. It's um, a fucking... Oh, sorry, again, sorry. explicit content. Yeah. yeah, It's a really big lake. It's a big lake. So it, you will have noticed if you were there. Did you swim? Probably no, not. I didn't it's mean, October. I, didn't I, was, I was at the Radisson or the factory. <laughs> the Baltic... It's very unglamorous. The Baltic is incredibly untidal. So it just kind of like... It, it it's slips, not big enough. It slips... It's not big enough. So it just kind of slips up the coast. <laughs> it slips up the coast by about a centimetre and then slips down like twice a day. It's incredibly unimpressive. Um, I, love the fact that we, I love the fact that we both think we know that it's not big enough to be tidal. Well, it's true. I think it's true. What I think it's true. I think that, you need a bigger... gravity. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the moon's gravity, right? Yeah. Which it's is what's t- which creates the tide. But you need a big mass of water. Otherwise, your teacup... Your teacup the moon's got no tidal. gravity. The moon's got no gravity. No, but it's a body. Oh, come on. Look, we don't have to talk about Einstein to know that Newton, <laughs> you know, this is a Newtonian law. Mass exerts a gravitational a pull on another body of mass. So, you know, the moon. No, it's not got nothing to do with the sun. The moon, as it moves around planet Earth, right? The moon orbits Earth. Yeah. It pulls with it because of its gravitational field, the mass of water with it. But the bigger the mass, the bigger the body of water, the bigger the movement will be. Okay. So that's our mini system. Yeah. So, so, so the Baltic is not a particularly, in terms of kind of like big ocean masses, it's not particularly. So it doesn't have a, so it's got particularly unimpressive tide. Um, but also, because it's particularly unimpressive tide. <laughs> Put that I'm in the just... brochure. <laughs> But, 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 well, I mean, you consider, like, you've been to places, you know, in Britain, we've got, like, Morecambe oh, Beach yeah. and, like, where Westwood Ho and stuff, a, where the sand goes out. Incredibly impressive tide. Well, we do. Like, yeah, where's the, is the tide out? Oh, yeah, it is. That'll be a two and a half mile walk until you get to the kind of, you know, whatever. None of that at the Baltic. It's just like, it's a centimeter different. Um, so, but also... It's fed by um, the Scandinavian mountains, right? Norway, Sweden, yeah, less it's, so. It's so, so really close to Sweden, c- completely. So, so it's got all this fresh water running into it all the time from the, these fjords yeah. and everything, mm. um, floating slightly. Because do Swedish have fjords? Oh, they probably do. Anyway, so there's a lot of fresh water Norway, that Norway runs mostly. it. Yeah, but that doesn't. Norway's the other side. It goes into the Atlantic. So anyway, well, it's joined to Sweden. It's just all the same. It gets like, joined thing. to Sweden. <laughs> Like, the Scandinavian. It's just it's the, the same. <laughs> so it's the lot. same body of land. Somebody's just drawn a line through the middle. There's a lot. There's a lot. Of, we're terrible. We're well, terrible true, at knowing it? stuff. But, but it doesn't stop us saying it. It's just amazing. We should be in government, David. You and I, we should be like. Maybe Chancellor of the Exchequer, that's you, you run a business, and I should be Foreign Secretary. We'd be better qualified than this one. for like... <laughs> it's true, though. Just saying. It is. It's like, Sweden and Norway is the same body of <laughs> land. Just, and somebody's, just somebody's get over yourself. put a line through the middle. Somebody's put a line through the middle. put a line through the middle. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my, my... But going back to... Going back to my point about the Baltic was... <laughs> It's there's absolutely loads of fresh rainwater 
<laughs> that runs into the Baltic. In other words, it's incredibly unsalty, right? So it's got no so it's tide. It's pretty much fresh water. It strikes me as it's the most unsalty sea I've ever been in. I've swum in the Baltic. It's not. I, I'm. I'm not a very good swimmer, and it wasn't. You know, it comes back to my fear of lakes. We've spoken about this before. Mm. With dark water. <laughs> yeah. oh. And the Baltic is like a big lake, and it's not particularly salty, and it doesn't have a tide, and it's a bit rubbish. So that seems really attractive to me. It's like it's like the Dead Sea. I've swum in the Dead Sea. That's terrible. You, that's very difficult to swim in the Dead Sea. Well, you can't really swim because it's so salty that when you like try and like mm. you know swim, put put your arm through the water, you meet this massive salty resistance. Yeah. It's like a gloopy, thick, salty thing. Physics. And if you've got any kind of nick shaving rash or nick mm. or like that, it will sting like hell because it's incredibly salty. Mm. Yeah. Can we just go back? So, so just before we close this, yeah, we'll close so it. The soon. one. Because I'm literally, book, yeah, I'm wonderful book Ember. is called Ember. Embers by Embers. Sandor Marai. And um, it's... Okay. I haven't read fiction in a long time. Oh, yeah, and, you don't read fiction normally, do you? And I was leaving to go to Lithuania. Yeah. And I was leaving here, where you see me, and uh, the listeners can't. And I don't want... David, I don't want so for the books. listeners, David is in his usual place. Yeah. And... <laughs> Books everywhere. Most of them I've read, but I got a whole shelf of business books which I dip in and out of, trying to learn and get better. And I was like, oh, I'll take that one. And I stood here and I was like, nah, go back there. And I picked up this book. And it is one of the most beautiful books I've read, obviously, in a long time. So I've read fiction. And it's about two guys who grew up together and uh, turn of the century. But the writing, Ned, you would love. Okay, I'm but sold already. I'm sold. It's just, just so, just to say, fiction's good, and it's about the tragedy of friendship, essentially. Beautiful. It's about how you. It's and the and of when you say the writing is good, you know that thing where, within a paragraph, you know whether a book is well written or not. Yeah. yeah. It, it, What's it, the first it, line, it, David? It, Read me the first line. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. In the morning. The old general spent a considerable time in the wine cellars with his wine grower inspecting two casks of wine that had begun to ferment. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. He had gone there at first light, and it was past eleven o'clock before he had finished drawing off the wine and returned home. Between the columns of the veranda, which exuded a musty smell from its damp flagstones, his gamekeeper was standing waiting for him, holding a letter. Ah, oh, what was in the letter? What was yeah. it? So that's great. I'm sold. Embers by Embers. By by I can't pronounce it. Sandor Marai. Marai. Marai Marai. Okay. And his 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 works were only discovered later. He right. um but he'd written loads and no one knew about him. But it's very good. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Um Ben Swift won the nationals and so did yeah, I think uh, they set that up, by the way. Five for Georgie. Oh well let, let, let's yeah. save that for next time we pod. Because yeah. it's possible I'm gonna go to Ireland this week, David. Mm. And in which case, we'll mm. pod again and let's talk about all sorts of other stuff because this is just getting too long now, isn't it? So, yeah, okay. um, all right, very good. Oh, and by the way, can I just say thank you to everyone who bought the beer mats? Drink coasters. We've, we've I mean, just, the, the, we've, we've sorry, removed our ego. The beverage, we've our ego. the beverage podiums, whatever you want to call them. We bought a batch in, we sold them. 
we bought another mm. batch in of the same size. We sold them. Um, they're sold out, and I'm going to leave it mm. at that for now. But what we can't, we haven't ruled out, you know, producing more some more merch, more merch, more merch merchandise that you might more quite merch. like to buy because um, mm. you're supporting us by doing it anyway. All right, cheers, David. See, See you soon. Man. Bye.